0: Welcome to Reimagining Ceremonies,
1: a podcast by Entheos Ireland. I'm Karen Dempsey
0: and I'm Fred Curtis. And we're here to start conversations about reimagining ceremonies. We are joined today by Entheos celebrant, Renee van Medding. Hi, Renee.
2: Thank you so much for having Hi me. Renee, <laughs> <behind you. laughs>
0: um, so we asked Renee to come in today. You're our first guest on the podcast. We asked Renee to come in today to talk about community and inclusion, which are two very important things to Entheas Ireland. But I think we'll kick it off by asking you where you're at in your celebrant journey.
2: So thank you. First of all, I'm very honoured to be the first guest. Um, lovely to chat with two of my favourite people. Um, I trained with Karen in the first batch of Entheas, uh trainees. So back during lockdown, we were all on Zoom and It was never something that I had seen for myself. Now, a couple of years on, it makes complete sense. Why have I not always been doing this? Um, But when I I first kind of thought about doing ceremonies, becoming a celebrant, I just wasn't sure it was for me. But now that I'm doing it and on the other side, it's something that I never, ever want to stop doing. It's one of my favorite things to do. And... um, so I've been performing ceremonies for the last year and a half. Uh, this year, I'm much busier. I had two weddings last week, um, kind of two a month for the next couple of months, which is just a nice kind of starting off point. I know I was listening to Karen talk on the radio the other day talking about how last year she had nine ceremonies a week, which is madness. We're not quite there yet.
0: <laughs>
2: um <laughs> Yeah. So for me, it's um, I'm I'm learning every ceremony. I'm growing in confidence. I'm, you know, learning how to pull different aspects together, making things really special for the couple. But for me, there is just nothing that compares, you know, and I'm talking specifically about weddings here, I suppose, because that's the majority of the work that I'm doing. But there's nothing that compares to, you know, seeing that couple come in see each other whatever way they make their entrance and that anticipation those nerves the excitement it's just you know for me my background is in performance and it to me it almost feels like those butterflies before opening night Mm -hmm. and it's the most exciting you don't know what's ahead but you know it's going to be amazing Yeah, Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm loving the work that I'm doing and I'm excited to do more of it.
0: I think what we should throw in here, though, is Karen married Renee and her (laughs) partner, Audrey.
2: I did. (laughs) And I can't
1: believe that now. I can't believe that that's effectively how we met. Yeah.
0: And that's how I actually probably would have met you as well. I was at the wedding. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, that's I don't remember that as our first time meeting, but I remember you at the wedding. Mm. But I presume we might have
1: said hello smiled at each other at least the stars aligned over smock alley on that day and we did not know what was to come
2: absolutely not and i believe we were your first wedding
1: yes you were actually i wasn't even a solemnizer at that point i wasn't doing
2: the legals um yeah wow Isn't that crazy? It is.
0: That is crazy.
2: So, and I was (laughs) pregnant when my wife and I got married and Karen and I had met in the lead up to the wedding and, you know, Karen's background is midwife. And so we kind of had bonded over, you know. Starbucks. Yeah. And and like pregnancy and birth and and all of those things and inclusion and equality. And we just really kind of hit it off. And then after the wedding, we stayed in touch. And... We had our first daughter. And then when we were going through IVF to have our second daughter, um, Karen and I were messaging quite a bit because Karen was embarking on her own yes. new journey.
1: Yeah. That's funny, actually. All these synchronicities. We were both TTC would Yeah. be the terms. We were both trying to conceive at the same time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Renee's was more overt, can I say, than, yeah. than mine, because... um you were off in Portugal, I think, mm-hmm. and um, and I was at home, and then Renee was blogging, and everything was, you know, everything was quite public, quite public, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm not supposed, I'm not supposed to test, test for another two weeks, but Renee's after testing, <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, if Renee's after testing, I'm gonna test, and I got a positive, and Renee got a positive, yeah. The so stars we went, yeah, be and so we
2: went through that pregnancy together, knowing that the kids would be very close in age. But little <laughs> did we know how close an age they would be. So I was being induced on New Year's Eve 2018. Yeah. Karen was off walking on a cliff somewhere. Yeah. I was like, oh, so cool, Renee. You're being induced on New Year's Eve. That's such a cool birthday. So I was giving birth, had Aria, had lost a lot of blood, unfortunately, had a transfusion. Meanwhile, texting Karen and Karen was messaging back kind of saying, I'm getting like these weird kind of Braxton Hicks things going on (laughs) (laughs) and um, it'll be all
0: grand I'll walk on this cliff
2: (laughs) the following following morning I get a picture I don't get any explanation I just get a picture from Karen and I was you know I'm still getting a blood transfusion so I'm, I'm a bit woozy and I'm newborn and all that and it's a picture of Karen with a newborn and like firemen behind her, <laughs> the fire brigade <laughs> behind me <laughs> in my and, kitchen, <laughs> and I was oh like, "Oh my
0: god, what I didn't
2: know what this. just ha- <laughs> what just happened?" Um, so then I got the full story. What happened? So I woke up that morning, New Year's Day. I was like, "Oh, new day, new year." Mm,
1: a little bit twinge, might have a hot shower just to kind of had a shower about half nine in the morning. Came downstairs. I had gestational diabetes, which is another bond for the two mm-hmm. of us because mine was temporary. Renee was great for guiding me through the just. Gest- gestational diabetes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, right, if I have two boiled eggs, that'll sort me out. It's obviously just my blood sugars are off or whatever. (laughs) So I went down the kitchen, put on the two eggs to boil. And then I got a really strange twinge, stood up to turn the eggs off. And I felt the strangest sensation. Put my hand down and it was a bag of waters. So I was like, okay, something's happening. Called my husband. He, of course, no phones in the house were charged. Nothing was plugged in. He didn't know like which end was up, what to do. So he went off to dial nine 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 and say, "There's a baby coming." Um, and in the meantime, I our tumble dryer was right beside me. I just luckily enough had towels dried, drying in the tumble dryer. Grabbed a bath a bath towel out, kneeled down on it. Next thing was a head, followed by shoulders, knees, and toes, and then <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> then literally it was like that. I was like, "What?" Roshan was out. Before remember, anyone had arrived. Before anyone yeah. had arrived. Before the phone call was even made to actually get them. An unintended um, free birth. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, oh my god. And I I always thought that was so cool when yeah. I heard of people having unassisted births. Um, it's do uh, you know what it was? It was amazing. It was like, what on earth is happening? Is mm. this really happening? It was very surreal mm. as it happened. But I remember kneeling on the floor, this little baby's blinking back at me. I was blinking down at her. I was like, and then I was like, oh, she's not making any noise. But she looked very calm. Mm. But her, the little cord, it wasn't tight in any way. But I just locked that over, over the top of her head. She started to cry. Liam came in and said, do we have shoelaces? The man on the phone said shoelaces. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> baby's born. <A> <laughs> We're not tying any cords with shoelaces. <laughs> We're going to be sterile and clean. Um, so, yeah, then, then the fire brigade all arrived in. Um, so I just couldn't stop laughing. I was kneeling on the floor. I, I was like, I would make you tea, but I can't stand up. My legs are like jelly. Couldn't stop laughing. All I could think then was like, Oh my god, Renee is gonna f- oh, <laughs> me. lose her life when I tell her what's just happened here now. <laughs> so that that's how Renee is... got the photograph. Then I got the, the the fire brigade in for a selfie. Sent that on to Renee, and yeah, she then didn't didn't help. Probably your delirium.
2: I just <laughs> thought I was imagining it. I thought it was like, how how could this how could happened? that happen? Just all of these different threads of life yeah you know and then like they're born within 12 hours of each other Mm -hmm. but in different years that's really funny so Roshan and Renee
1: are almost exactly the same age but born in different years Roshan Roshan and Aria oh
2: sorry (laughs) (laughs) that would be weird (laughs) just a few Um, um, one of the
0: one of the things we wanted to chat to you about because you've quite an interesting journey is community Mm. And community, I think, I was thinking about this, it's quite a big value of Entheus, but I still think is still building the community factor. Like I wouldn't say we have like an established community. Would you agree with that, Karen? Um, Like as in, I mean, there's members, we're all, we're in contact, but we don't have like an active community that we come together Mm. yeah beyond ourselves that's what we want to build yeah exactly
1: absolutely but what's important as well i think is to build a solid foundation of ourselves so that we all as members of entheos know what we're about know what we're bringing to the world and what we're bringing to the world is the essence of ourselves yeah our uniqueness we're never trying to you know be cookie cutter versions of each other by any means um but yeah so that we kind of have that good sense and as we said renee as we were talking about those stories it felt slightly like we were going slightly off topic, but we're not because there's something in the magic of that. Mm. And there mm-hmm. has been magic in every person who has been drawn into Entheos. It has been magical. Mm. I mean, even Ferg, how you, I mean, you're here through Renee. I know. Um, there's people here through you. Mm. Like every member has kind of subtly brought magic with them mm. as they come in. And that's continuing to happen mm. as new trainees come towards us. Each one brings a little bit of some kind of magic. Yeah. And I think It's tempting to lose touch with that when we live in a world that is quite um, busy and can be disconnected and I myself know that I can be a little bit cynical about things like the magic of life Mm -hmm. and this organisation seeks to kind of remind people a little bit of the magic that's there every so often and we're not always able to see it because we do have stressful lives and we do have other stuff going on so we're never trying to bright side or anything like that but as we, if we imagine ourselves as all little stars going out into the world make, making this lovely constellation and seeing who else is going to be drawn towards us I think that as a community is a lovely way to mm. to do it because we're never going to evangelize or we're never going to go out and preach to people no but if people see us doing what we're doing and they feel drawn towards that mm. brilliant
0: yeah. I love that lovely yeah. and I think I think what I was meaning to say is like I'm looking forward to When we all meet up. Yes. You know, when we come to City Sanctuary and we have, I don't know, like a cake sale. I don't know (laughs) why cake sale came to mind, but just where we get to come together and we get to like chat, sing, like uh, on the last day of our training, myself and Renee got up and sang a few songs and then everyone sang. um, we be doing those kind of things. Yes. Yes. For the last training Mm -hmm. of the last session of this current group. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what I mean by wanting that community side to get more active, like Mm, seeing people. And I know that that's important to you, Renee, but Mm. maybe you can give a bit of context as to why that's important to you.
2: Love this topic. I grew up in an ultra religious family, born again Christian. And my earliest memories are very much entrenched in a church, and a church community. So there wasn't a week in my childhood where I didn't attend some sort of community church gathering of sorts at least two or three times a week, at least. Mm. You know, there would be two services on a Sunday, there would be a Friday youth group, there would be a kids club, there would be um, entire summers away doing missionary work, Um, There would be Easter camps, there'd be summer camps, there'd be Christmas activity. Like my entire, the entire backdrop of my childhood and my teenage years is the church. Mm -hmm. So when I got a bit older and when I started going to college and then indeed when I met my wife and realized that I was not straight, um, all of that fell away. You know, and I saw the hypocrisy in what I had been taught um, because I had been raised to believe that, you know, being gay was one of the worst things you could possibly be. And of course, I know that is not true. It's Uh, one of
0: the best things you can be. It's one of the best things you (laughs) can
2: be. Um, But I just saw the hypocrisy in what I had been taught. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to be as far away from that sort of bigotry and hatred and exclusion as possible. So I went completely the opposite way and was like, I don't believe in anything. And, you know, that's just all complete BS. However, one thing that I missed in my 20s and then as we started to have kids, especially it became really apparent to me, was I miss the community of church, you know, and sometimes I drive past whatever sort of church, be it Catholic, Protestant, Christian, whatever, and I'd see people standing around after a service and chatting and the kids running around and I'd get that little twang, I guess, of what am I missing out on? What are my kids missing out on? And, you know, it always kind of occurred to me, oh, I wonder if we could ever find some sort of church or community that didn't have all that BS, that was inclusive, that was encompassing whatever it was that people believed that wasn't like, you have to believe this or you're going to hell. You have to do this if you want to get into heaven. Um
0: all oh, the rules and regulations. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and
2: I kind of and that was always the bit that I missed was that community that belonging that togetherness and actually when Karen was talking about starting Entheos Ireland it was in the at the very start of lockdown I remember we used to meet in Phoenix Park for walks and you know she'd be talking about it and kind of this idea for this organization and that was the thing that excited me the most I remember us Mm -hmm. having loads of chats about this and that was the thing that excited me most because I was like oh my god that'd be so cool to just have a group of people who." are all just united on some human level. And it's not united in we all believe the exact same thing because I'm sure you and I and you and I have very different, you know, beliefs when it comes to what is God, Mm -hmm. what is meaning, what is life. Yeah. But there's something that connects us all.
0: Yeah, I think you see that in the training. That was really evident to me in my group of training, that everyone had a different um, history and tradition mm-hmm. with religion. Mm-hmm. And there was different faith paths and there was similar faith paths which ended up in different places. But we all mesh in the same place and were able to have the conversations, love each other, you know, yeah. respect each other, argue and then go, let's grab a tea. Yeah. And that's when... That's, I feel, what community can be.
1: Yeah. Mm. So excited listening to all <laughs> <movies. laughs> <laughs>
2: It is amazing.
0: And it's similar. I have a cabaret evening and that is one of the, like, strong foundations in the cabaret evening is that I want everyone to arrive at the cabaret, like the group of queer people, um, like we've some hen groups coming to the next one, um, like kind of older people like my nana at mm-hmm. uh, the second one had like 16 of her friends and they all sat in the front row and everyone's like oh my god all the grannies are here but mm-hmm. like as many different type of people in the one space and even if it's just for those two hours we're all just there to have a good time yeah. mm-hmm. and we're all there to share something and no one feels left out and I suppose I did learn that from Entheos And I think what's exciting, though, about coming into Entheos is then you can actually have the conversations Mm. being like, but why do you believe that? Mm. Or why do I believe this? Mm. You know, and having a community that you can be challenged in. But equally. The joy of the fun is there. Mm. You know, we can sit around and sing or we can. It sounds like it kind of sounds like we're all kumbaya. It's not that. Well, with me and Renee, it's much more serious. We're like, sit down and listen. listen. This is a performance. <laughs> but I remember that day we did the singing, and Rosheen, Karen's daughter, was over in the corner and she fell asleep. Yeah, yeah. as we were all singing. Yeah. and then in a deep sleep. Re- yeah, deep yeah. sleep. And yeah. then you just kind of picked her up, and we all kind of just like kept singing. I don't even know what song it was, but it was it a was real one gentle. of our very
1: tender songs. Yeah,
2: mm. yeah, mm. and I think. Like even just the, yeah. And that was for me being a singer, that was again, something I really missed out. Not having that church group was that singing slash worship aspect. And there is something so, I don't even know if the word is transcendent or spiritual about song and singing. And there is something that's like, there's a reverence in that, you know? And obviously when you're in a, A very, you know, religious setting obviously that reverence is to a god, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be a solemnity and a reverence for life, for each other, for meaning, for love, for death, for whatever it is that you need that space for. And I think coming together as a group of people to sing is such a simple act, but it's so powerful.
0: Yeah that's kind of my memory of like I didn't grow up in as a religious kind Mm -hmm. of background as you but there was religion present like my nana and granddad were big believers particularly my nana and that's kind of she's a big part of me understanding what religion means to people Um, but I sang in all the church choirs and I loved it and it was that community of we showed up we sang together it was the before it was the after it was the texting during the week it was even the competition of who's going to get the solo and those little like which obviously was me. always my yeah I was like maybe that was just me everyone else was having a good time I was like but who's singing the solo
2: who gets the line yeah who
0: gets the line yeah. but like all of that you don't unless like you can join choirs and stuff like that and they're That is community as well. Mm. And in a way, Mm. that is a way of bringing people together. Um, But that's kind of what I hope for Entheos, Mm -hmm. that we can create those spaces, that you even come together once a month and, I don't know, there's workshops or people come in and share their skills and you learn further about the people within your community and can pass around your gifts. That's what I kind of Mm. am hoping for, Yeah, which I think is... We yeah, are creating it. Because we do. We,
1: we, as humans, we seek connection. Mm. Um, and I'm always mindful, like, not, okay, not everybody seeks connection, but an awful lot of people do seek connection. And it's important to think that people are kind of held in whatever way is meaningful for them so that things like music can draw people in at whatever level you want to. You can sing in the background. You can be a soloist. You can... Like, music is one thing that actually I don't have as part, <laughs> as, as part of my repertoire, say. I'm not... I'm not a singer per se, but I love to be carried along in the atmosphere of music and song. And I love watching people who are experts, you know, drive it forward. And I remember the first time I ever witnessed people harmonize. I was like, oh my God, that's a thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like people actually
1: know how to do that. Um, and that's what you get when people come together, you know, they figure it out and they, exactly. and people harmonize in different ways, whether it's through song or whether it's through activism or activity or whether it's through volunteering or Mm. these are all different ways of harmonizing within the world. Mm. And I think as well there's something around service that there's something so beautiful when you when you remove a lot of what is the shadow of churches and institutions and you have the essence of people coming together to be of service to each other somehow. um, That that serves us as much as it does anybody else. Um, So to have an organization that could potentially do hit those buttons without needing to be hierarchical and Mm -hmm. institutional and evangelical and driven by, you know, power and money and these various things that tend to corrupt institutions. Um, Well, we definitely still need it, (laughs) but you know, we don't need it to be the driving force. We want people to be the driving force and that Mm -hmm. connection and that community. I think
0: this is my big struggle with being part of a group like this is I do want human connection. I want to be with people. I want to share. I want to grow. I want all the things that an organize, an organization like this represents and community represents. But internally, I'm also, it does trigger that similarity to churches. Mm. And I have such a personal um, way of feeling about the church and what it represents. And all of that stuff that sometimes I am still struggling of fully leaning in to yep. like creating what is amazing and what I'm wanting to create with you. Mm-hmm. But I'm still like, oh, and I suppose also there's the aspect of, well, what do people think? Like, do they think we're another? I'm going to go back yeah. to- when has, yeah.
2: when has that ever stopped? The, yes, magic, <laughs>
0: <laughs> the magic word I know. <laughs> no, true. I do always kind of forge my own path, but it's always with- Fear attached to it.
2: Yeah. And I guess you kind of have to break that down and think, okay, well, what is it about the the linkages or the similarities between a traditional faith path? Mm. For me, the fear there would be the rules, the you must do this, the exclusion of certain yes. people because they don't conform to this. And when I look at Entheos, there's none of that. No. The only, I mean, the only rule I, I I would see is to not exclude anybody, to not be hateful or mm-hmm. unkind to anybody, um, to to make sure that all people, all no matter their sexual orientation, their gender, their you know, their religion, their race, their socioeconomic status, that all people are worthy of love and respect.
0: I think that's what I love about going going back to ceremonies, is being able to be like, we can take your faith path Mm. and bring it into this ceremony. That's huge for me. Mm. Not because I particularly, like if I was to ever get married, I don't think I'd want religion or anything Mm -hmm. in it. Um, Maybe a hymn. I think hymns are bops for like my nana (laughs) or something like that. But to be able to bring another faith path in because of inclusion, Mm -hmm. I think is such a powerful thing to do. And I think it makes maybe the couple, maybe the family feel so safe. And I see that part of how we create ceremonies as so special.
2: This is a bit of a side note. But speaking of like, inc- <laughs> Virgo's like, what like is she, where, where is she going <laughs> with this? Um, I One of my two weddings I did last week, they were both for same-sex uh, female couples. And after the second wedding, the mom of one of the brides came up to me, tears in her eyes, just gave me the biggest hug and said, thank you so much. She was like, we were a bit worried that because it wasn't a church wedding, that it wouldn't have the reverence. It wouldn't have the sincerity and it wouldn't feel the same. Mm. But she was like, it was all of that and much more because it was about them. Yeah. And for me, doing this work, that's kind of what I want to bring. I want to bring that sincerity, that weightiness, and also, of, cor- of course, incorporate fun and lightness and laughter. Yeah. But to bring that that air of the like the gravitas exactly. yeah and for me that's, that's i think greatest. it's such
0: yeah. it's so much fun in a ceremony to bring in humor and to bring in that lightness and whatever way people bring that in because i think people are like what they're almost shocked by it because they expect A sword of formality.
2: I know, and then they're like, oh, we're allowed to laugh. Like, oh my God, we're allowed to laugh.
0: Oh my God, we're not standing up and sitting down. And
2: it's a bit awkward at first sometimes, but then people really lean into it. They're like, it's like a release. It's like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) It's I I love that. That's another part I love of what we're doing is Having that moment, even if it's like a mistake I make. I remember yeah. I filled in for Renee for a wedding.
2: I got COVID. The morning <laughs> of. Oh, the yeah, morning, I the morning yeah. of a I wedding. The and, and actually, oh my God. funny
0: enough, Karen was the original <laughs> was <me> celebrant. <laughs> Then it was past Renee, and then on the morning so I Karen went. Karen did the initial. <laughs> yeah,
2: this this doesn't often happen, but Karen no. had the original wedding, and then it was like I I don't know what happened, and then it was past me. So Karen had done the original kind of groundwork. Then I did the rest of the work with the couple, and I wrote the ceremony. And then morning of I got COVID, COVID and panicked, called for And I was like, please, yeah, <laughs> I can't expose them all. <laughs> but I remember
0: this was one of the ceremonies that I kind of learned to just show up and just be and just do it your way. And at the start, I literally was like, everyone. We're in this together. <laughs> Let's see what happens. And you can see Everyone going, They'll be married what? by the end. And then they kind of were like, Oh, cool. We're gonna, we're gonna have yeah. hopefully a bit of crack. And then at the end, literally in my head, I was like, I did it. I got through it. And I was like, you know, your bride and groom. And then the bride. Like took my hand and she's like, "There's another reading," and I was like, she like, "We nearly did it." Sit back down. I was like, "Sit back down." You know, we nearly got to the end, but we've one more beautiful reading. And they got up, and then we finished off. And I was like, "You know, already how to do this part." Stand up, your bride and groom. So, but I love that lightness and fun, and because then yeah. you see people getting involved yeah. through like facial expressions yeah. or just like you're then able to connect, and the bride and groom can kind of a bit more relaxed um, or the bride and bride or the groom and groom you know and they they feel part of mm-hmm. it and they don't feel like I have to sit here and that's
1: why we don't have titles we don't have titles that other us or sep- mm-hmm. as of separation you know like reverend or like any hierarchical titles doctor even any anything that uh, that takes us away from everybody because I think that's the key as well is that we are a part of the community yes we're happening we happen to be the ones standing at the top in the role of celebrant but we're completely in there wholeheartedly with everybody else. Yeah. Um, and that connection is what really yeah. drives the ceremony forward and helps everybody to really feel so connected.
0: Yeah. In it. Definitely. I think we've touched on it and it is something we wanted to touch on is the this idea of inclusion, mm-hmm. which yeah. is so important to Entheus and was one of the driving forces for me to come do the training. Um Karen, do you want to like talk a little bit on inclusion in
1: Entheos? Yeah, actually, because, you know, it, it was coming into the, so many things are coming into the back of my mind as we're going. And we are covering so much ground here. Oh, my God. We've got several podcasts to come out of, <laughs> <laughs> of some of the topics. But one of them was, um, as Renee was speaking there so eloquently about inclusion and what it means to Entheos um, not to exclude anybody. What has come up? What the, one of the big learning curves always with this organization is managing the idealism alongside human nature because you know you can have all these ideal ideas and great ideas and then people come in and with all of the best in the world in real life things maybe don't turn out as the way you think inclusion is one of them because what i've learned um, as we've been going through the evolution of this organization is that in order to be as inclusive as we want to be we have to take a stance on that which means there are some people who will feel excluded by that stance and that's going to be okay so, so that we can maintain the stance that we're taking. And to just so that to be clear about that, what I mean is there are some people who um, have their own understanding of inclusion, but may not match with NTHS Ireland's. So to us, this particularly comes up um, at the moment as well as very topical. It would tend to come up in terms of cha- transgender people um, and, the exclusion of transgender people by people who otherwise consider themselves inclusive—it mm-hmm. baffles me. But this organisation takes a stance that is inclusive of transgender people, mm-hmm. that is supportive of transgender athletes, that is supportive of—I um, can't even think of all the other various topics that this comes up under. But um, mm-hmm. but that is our stance, and we will not budge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. Am I leaving any bits unsaid on that? No, I I think think that's important to just say that we really, really want to make this a safe space for everybody. Exactly. And in order to make it a safe space, yeah, we do need to have a a stance on it. And if some people feel that that excludes them because they want to exclude others. Well, we're okay with that as an organization, you know. And Um, I
0: think there's room to also have those conversations, though. Like if you come with, let's say, an open mind, an open heart and you're like, This is how I grew up. This is what I believe because this is what I know. But I want to learn from like from other people who maybe are part of the queer community or, you know, who have um, disabilities or who aren't are who are aren't neurotypical. Yeah. Um, So I think you don't have to come and be like, I'm totally inclusive. I accept everyone. You can have the opposite of that. We want
1: people to say. I, am, I I could be more inclusive. Yeah, you know, or, I, could or be, I don't know yeah. what my edges
0: is. Yeah. I think everyone could because we've grown up in this mm. world where, you know, we have been taught certain things, so yeah. we have to stay open. So I think it is important to say just the want to be like I want to learn about other people and I want to be more inclusive, yeah. is important to entheists. Absolutely, um, and then being able to speak freely, like I don't understand this, mm. as long as you're not coming with you know hate. I you think know. the conversation can and be had. sometimes hard.
1: people aren't even necessarily coming with hate, but they're no. coming with their own boundary on things.
2: And they're just rigid on it. They yeah. won't. They, yeah. they're, not, they're not open to hearing.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, and something came to my mind there, for Ferg, as you were speaking. What was I going to say on that? Oh, I, oh, I suppose as well, the other part of the, uh, for this organization too is, I mean, I'm very mindful as a cis, het, white, able-bodied person in a leadership role within this organization, the importance of me stepping back to make space for people. Mm. I mean, I never want to speak on behalf of anybody else. Um, and I to a certain extent, there are times when you kind of need to, but I would always rather, where there is the p- opportunity to, to let somebody else be the person to take leadership on that. And I never want to be a person teaching about inclusion or anything like that, because I'm not living that space. So mm-hmm. we get people in. We get speakers in to yeah. actually speak on this. And, and I think
2: that's really yeah. important. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah and, and it helps us support other charities as well. Like yeah. yes. Tenny, for example. We've had amazing sessions with speakers yeah. from Tenny, and then we make a donation yeah. to Tenny and support them. And it's and it helps us to make sure that our people have specific training on this topic, so that they can be as informed as possible, yeah. where, while still appreciating. In our application process, we state overtly that we understand this is a learning edge. For everybody, you know, and that we we don't expect people yeah. to come in yeah. with all the answers. And we particularly don't want people coming in claiming that they have all the answers mm. because
0: none of us do. But also um, to what you just said, as a cis, white, mm. able-bodied person, you have the opportunity to create the space yes. and welcome someone in and go, I've created this space for you. You take it now. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. that that's important, knowing your privilege and then going here's a bit of room co- come in yeah. and like yeah. be part of this and then you take the reins and teach yes. us or help and, us. And this
1: was the thing as well for setting up the organization when I looked at the register of solemnizers in Ireland and I considered myself if I was in if I was a member of any marginalized community or if I was somebody who was feeling underrepresented by when I look at the register of solemnizers it is mostly cis white middle class educated um people of a Christian background really for the most part um so I figured, right, I'm in a space to actually create an organization, but it, the, there's only a point to me creating this organization if I do so in order to make space for people to become celebrants mm. so that they are available mm-hmm. to people that, that to identify with them, to serve those communities. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so our scholarship program is really important within Entheos Ireland. Um, we have uh, training programs, full, full fee training programs for, the, for people who want to To join us and are a good fit for the organization but we particularly we do that so that we can make space to train people who Mm -hmm. are underrepresented on the register MM. and and it's not all about the register but but it is a large part because legal marriage is really important Mm. we can't underestimate that it is so important that people are able to access somebody to do the legal part of their ceremony who they resonate with yeah
0: Yeah. um renee do you want to touch on inclusion because you do a lot of work Around with equality for children. Um, like you are your own, you are an activist in the LGBTQ plus community. So I'm sure being part of Entheus and it being an inclusive group is important to you. Do you want to like speak a little bit on inclusion and being part of Entheus Ireland?
2: Sure. So yeah, Equality for Children is a not-for-profit organization, which I am the CEO of and a co-founder. It was founded in 2019. Um, with the sole aim of fighting for equality for children born to LGBTQ plus families in Ireland. Um, obviously, you two know my story, but, um, you know, this for, for myself and my wife was a very personal journey because we found ourselves in the situation where my wife was not recognized as a legal parent to our two daughters. I always call myself an accidental activist. Um, prior to this, I was always quite vocal and outspoken, but I had never got to the point where I was actively getting out there, actively petitioning government, actively working to make change. Mm-hmm. But when I found our family and more particularly our children in this situation, I, I couldn't not, you know, I couldn't step back from it. So it's it's been a big part of... The last um, couple of years of our lives, our oldest daughter is coming up on seven now. And this campaigning, I suppose, started right when she was born. So it's almost seven years of fighting for this. And we're still not there. We've, We've made a lot of progress in this area. So to me, it's always like activism and equality to me has always been very simple. It's always been about we want the same we don't want special treatment we don't want any more we want the same we want our children to have the same rights as any other child in ireland and in this space it's kind of the same for me i want every couple who decides to get married or have a baby naming ceremony or have an end of life ceremony or have a transitioning ceremony want every single person to have the same treatment and have options and to be able to experience something that is really meaningful and special to them. And I think until people like Karen came along and then organizations like Entheos came along, there hasn't been that equality and option for certain people in particular marginalized communities. So I know Karen has done probably most of the queer weddings in <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> um, any queer couple I know that's gotten married knows Karen. Um, and that's incredible. And for me, being able to provide ceremonies for queer couples in particular, because obviously that that is the marginalized community that I identify with. Yeah, And I'm sure for other people who are, say, neurotypical or trans or um, disabled or whatever community you are a part of to be able to provide options for members of that community that you identify with is just so incredibly special but to be honest it shouldn't be it's just mm-hmm. it should it should, it, it should be normal it should be baseline of yeah I'm queer I should be able to have a a queer celebrant and queer suppliers and a queer venue. Like I should be able to access all of that. We're not there yet, but we are. We're 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 making headways towards that. Yeah.
0: And I think hearing you speak about equality for children, I think. That's the important thing about Entheus. It's what people also bring to the organization. Like it's how you represent yourself in the outside world Mm. so you're coming to like equality for children is such an amazing organization has done such amazing work and that is a representation of who you are as Mm. well because you've worked with them which then comes into the group and I think that's what it is it's being part of this group is trying to be like your best person your most inclusive person out in the world and then bringing that back in you know
2: yeah and I think that's really important I think it's something that I certainly take very seriously that when you are representing any organization. So if I'm representing Equality for Children or if I'm representing Entheos Ireland in whatever capacity I'm working, it's really important to, to remain aligned to the values of that yes. community, that organization, when you are going about your day to day business.
0: And that ties in with being a celebrant. You don't put your celebrant hat on. You show up. You are. You are a celebrant. You show up and all your values come through. Who you are comes through. I suppose even where you're at in life, Mm. your connection with the particular couple comes through. Like you don't show up and go, okay, now I'm going to. That's why I find performing and being a celebrant a little bit different. Mm. I definitely put on a hash as a performer Mm. where as a celebrant.
2: You're bringing your, it's, it's you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm bringing the skills to Mm. the space. Yeah.
1: Um, Although the first time I saw you in cabaret, for I do remember going, if you weren't already an NTS celebrant, I would be actually going after you saying, <laughs> come. <laughs> it's so funny you've said that to me before and I'm like, I can't put that I together. So, it. But I can really clearly put that together because even at the beginning of this where you described um, what you do when you're, holding, when you're performing, you know, when you're up on the stage, that's in a ceremony, what you're doing is creating a space for everybody to have an emotional experience And that's what happens when with music, you know, when you get on a stage and sing those amazingly evocative songs, Mm -hmm. people have an emotional experience Mm -hmm. and that's what makes the atmosphere electric and because everybody's in this slightly heightened space Um, and it's magic.
0: It is. I think we'll leave it there. We could go on and on and on and Absolutely. we could dive <laughs> back into certain parts of the conversation. Let's that back up again. <laughs> um, but we're hoping that these conversations will now continue mm. outside of this podcast. Um, and we're hoping that the listeners will go on and have the conversations with their community. Um, thank you, Renee, for coming in today.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you,